Yes, Minister. Heartbeat. There's just two. Basil Brush. There's three. Derek Foles has brought his book out in paperback. So Derek Foles' autobiography is a part worth playing and is available in phantompublishing.co.uk. We've got an exclusive interview with him and, you know, he is one of the lads. He's one of those actors that you know and hear all the time. So why not sit back? on Pete Price Extra. And by the way, tell your friends about this because if you subscribe, it doesn't cost you anything at all and you get Pete Price Extra sent to you. Here's Derek Foles with his take on his book, A Part Worth Playing. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a new book out. It's about time this gentleman wrote this book because it's called A Part Worth Playing and it's Derek Foles. Hello, Derek. Hello, good morning. Derek, I've got to tell you, what a lovely opening line this is going to be. Matt, my producer, who is a young man, was absolutely addicted to heartbeat and was part of his fixtures growing up, but he also dreaded it because he loved you, loved it, but he knew it was school the next day. Oh, how sad. Well, it went on on for 18 years. uh, (laughs) He's probably an old man now himself, isn't he? (laughs) <laughs> so why now, uh, the, the, doc, the the book now, Derek? Well, no, the book, the hardback, uh, was published uh, at the end of 2015. And uh, it did very well. Now the paperback is out, still available, you know, at Am- on Amazon and Waterstones. And I just want to regenerate an interest in my paperback. So uh, people that didn't uh, read it when it came out... I hope they'll go and buy it now. Fantastic. Now, tell me, was it cathartic the first time writing it, and was it even more cathartic bringing it out again? Yeah, I mean, the thing about... I'm not a writer. Uh, I never even thought about... I, I I used to collect titles. I had about five titles. But I thought uh, people were saying, are you going to write your book? And I said, no, I can't write. Then I met a great friend of mine who's a novelist, and he kept at me and said, write down your story before you're dead. <laughs> so, uh, and then he came up with the title because I was on my way to get married for the first time. That sounds terrible, but it doesn't it? But there we are. And uh, I was dressed up to the lines in my top hat and tails and uh, g- going to the church. And I said, look at that, we're dressed up like dogs' dinners. And he, he said, well, we are, you're off. This is it. I said, well... It's like being in a play. And he said, it is a play. And I said, well, I hope it's a part worth playing. (laughs) Hence the title. Hence the title, yes. Wow, wow. And it wasn't really at the time, but there we are. Have you seen a huge difference in acting and acting techniques and what is happening in the world of theatre for you? Oh, God, yes. I mean, when we went to drama school, uh, went to RADA in 19... 58, which is, you know, 60 years ago, uh, all of us there were training purely for the theatre. We wanted careers, you know, on the stage. And uh, we never thought about, you know, telefilm. I mean, well, television then we had, what, two channels. Maybe a third was just about to to open. But uh, all of us were training for the theatre. And there were, as I say, I mean, now, look at it now. We've got 150 channels. You've got 
reality. There was no reality television when we came out of drama school. And um, there was play for today, play of the week. There was work. There was weekly rep, fortnightly rep. There was work in the theater. And uh, so we were very lucky. Often my generation of actor will say to you, we were so lucky to be around in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. I What, what upsets me, Derek, because I've been in the business 50 years, and what upsets me is that young people today don't realise the apprenticeship you did before you started doing the televisions you've done, when you were treading the boards, and you weren't earning big money, and you were living in digs, and you were on the road. They don't understand that, do they? No, they don't, and uh, it's a shame, really. Uh, I mean, I when I, I had my first holiday break from RADA, I went into weekly rep at Colwyn Bay. Yeah. And the following year, I was doing weekly rep at Buxton and Eastbourne. But, I mean, it, it was such a wonderful time to learn all that from uh, older actors. And then coming out of drama school uh, in 1960, I went straight into the theatre and it was a joyous time, really. And I think what you remember, looking back always, are the people that you worked with in the theatre. And then I was lucky, really. I was rather lucky to get television work and and films. And uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of people know that they believe. I mean, they believe, only believe I've done three jobs, which is Basil Brush, Yes Minister, and Heartbeat. So. <laughs> That's showbiz, isn't it? It is indeed. It is indeed. Did you find a big strain moving from the theatre to television? Was it a bit of a, an eye-opener for you? No, I remember my first telly, uh, uh, it was live, and I remember the director kept saying to me, less, Derek, less. <laughs> yes. You're not on the stage, less. Yeah. And it is a different technique, but basically uh, the character, you, you play the character, you're truthful to the character in whatever medium. I mean, radio, telly, film, it's all the same, really. But the techniques, of course, are different. I'm talking to a very, very interesting, nice man, Derek Foles, who's got a book called A Part Worth Playing, which you can get, by the way, on uh, phantompublishing.co.uk. Derek, you mentioned about some of your jobs then, just briefly, but one in particular. Yes, Minister has never aged, has become a classic, and people relate every day to what's going on in this movie. We should be doing it now, shouldn't we, with what's going on? I mean, it's just madness. Oh, But it is madness, which is what I was about to say. With the madness of politics right now, you were so, with Yes Minister, advanced of your time. I mean, a lot of the, uh, when they are repeated, uh, I think they're so relevant today. Yes. I mean, there are a few dated ones, but we did 40 programmes, and I think most of them now still stand up. I couldn't I agree with you more. Repeat the whole series because I need the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be good, but also they should maybe rewrite it because of what's going on with Trump and Boris yeah. and Nigel Farage. It yeah. is so relevant. Well, the scripts were brilliant. I mean, Jonathan Lynn, uh, you know, I'm so happy he's still with us. Sadly, Tony Jay, who wrote it with Johnny, um, he's sadly no longer with us. Neither is Paul and Nigel, who my dear friends and... Uh, you know, I think about them often and miss them uh, very much, and uh, we all miss them. 
but uh, it was a fantastic time yeah. for us, and we became very close friends. And when I see some of the repeats, I I smile and remember the happy time we did doing doing the shows. You mentioned Basil Brush. I'll yeah. go back to the days of Archie Andrews. Andrews. Oh, yeah. We we lived through a, a ventriloquist on a radio, which was bizarre. I then know. you got involved with Basil Brush, who became a megastar, a bigger star than you, actually. I've got to be, be honest about oh, that. Huge. Huge. <laughs> How did you feel about that? Well, they say he's still doing it. You see, yes. I, I spent five years with uh, Basil, yeah. and people still call me Mr. Derrick. And uh, we did eight series and and two Royal Command performances. And now people tell me that Basil is still around. And when I see the Basil that is around now, he's not my Basil. No. He's different. Yes. And he's an imposter. <laughs> no one's found that out yet. <laughs> Well, then, we need to talk about Sooty and Sweep as well. Oh, yes. Well, are they still with us? They're still with us, yeah. but they're also imposters. Well, I think someone said Basil Brush is on his way to uh, to Edinburgh, to the... Um, the festival, yeah. Festival. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, that was... Uh, we had five. Yeah. I mean, Ivan Owen, who looked after Basil... Uh, he he was brilliant, and George Martin, the old musical comic, the scripts were great. Mm. And again, I was blessed. I, I've been so lucky to have, in those three iconic programs, to work with such yeah. wonderful people. And uh, so, you know, my age, I'm going to be 82 in September. And uh, But in my head, I'm still 36, as yeah. you are, I'm sure. Oh, Absolutely. Derek, looking back on your career now, yeah. before television, because you never knew there could be big money in theatre, there could be a, yeah. a standard wage, but what was the passion, what was the driving force that made you the actor you were? Well, I never thought about being an actor. I mean, I failed my 11+, plus, which is all in the book, and I, and I left school at 15 with no qualifications, and in those days we became apprentices, and I was an apprentice printer. And I did everything. I played football and cricket, and as you did. And uh, I joined the local amateur drama group because that's where the girls were. Yeah. <laughs> and I had great fun. Uh, and that's how I started uh, uh, in, am in amateur drama. And then I joined. Uh, I, I, had to, I was called up to do my national service and went to Malta. And I met a guy out there who wanted to be a professional actor. And he said he was going to try to get a scholarship to RADA, which I thought was an electric light company. <laughs> I had no idea about drama schools. And I said, well, I'm an apprentice printer. He said, no. So he wrote to, me, to RADA for me, and I followed him in. And I said to my mother, if I win a scholarship and get a grant, I'm going to be an actor. And she, she said, oh, no, you're not. But I took, a, I, I took an audition for RADA when I came out of the RAF and I won a scholarship and got a grant and and that's how it happened. Derek, can you remember your first wage in the theatre? Twelve fifty. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I think that was my first West End rage. I did a West End play in 1961, but when I went into rep while I was on holiday from RADA and that was weekly rep, I think it was about £8. 
Hasn't changed much, but I tell you. And what about <laughs> what about Diggs? How much you pay for your Diggs? Oh, Diggs. Well, you you know, you, it was always you know Mrs. Jones who put you up and told you to put the cat out, and <laughs> and uh, I, I love these old landladies, and uh, there was always theatrical Diggs. There was always a notice, uh, the stage door that various uh, landladies wanted uh, members of the company at the theatre to, you know, to come and stay with them. They were quite cheap. Do you think that we should bring back at theatres more and more reps? Because well, it was a great training ground, wasn't it? Well, it would be wonderful. I mean, uh, the actors today have just had no idea about weekly, fortnightly or three-weekly rep. And I'm afraid those days, you know, have gone, sadly. I mean, with reality television, that has changed the whole business. Yeah. And you used to, in in my day, you used to, you couldn't work until you got an equity card. Yep. Now, if you're picked up at a bus stop, you know, and you've got a beautiful body and you've got long hair and you're a good-looking guy, you know, you can be snapped up and you can be starring uh, in a television series. It, it's It's... It's just so different now. Yeah. Derek, what do you want people to do when they put the book down? What do you want them to say after they've read uh, a part worth playing? First of all, I want them to buy it. (laughs) (laughs) And they will enjoy it. I've had a a wonderful career and worked with some amazing people uh, like Alec Guinness and Alistair Sim and Peter Cushing and Robert Morley, Doug Bogard, Kenneth Moore... So it's been a great life, and uh, I want them uh, to the end of it to put the read the last page and say, "God, I really enjoyed that." That's fabulous. What what one part? This is a difficult one for some an actor of your caliber who's done so much. What one part will you never forget? Well, there are so many, but I shall never forget playing Hamlet. Uh, I. I just done my first series of Basil Rush, which I found quite difficult. And I thought, what am I doing? A classically trained actor with my hand around a bit of fur and looking into a couple of buttons <laughs> and, and pretending that my best friend was a fox. Now, in series two, the, mag- <laughs> no, the magic happened in series two and he became my great mate. But after series one, I was asked to play Hamlet at Exeter. And I went down uh, and joined the company. And I had two wonderful months playing that incredible role. And uh, uh, there was one London critic called Freddie Young, B.A. Young, from the Financial Times. He, He came down to see my Hamlet and he wrote... Derek Foles is the funniest Hamlet I've seen in 25 years. Uh, 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 how did you take that? Well, first of all, I was very, very upset <laughs> that I'd got all the comedy and none of the drama. <laughs> but uh, my uh, my director, the wonderful Tony Church, uh, said to me, that is such a huge compliment, Derek. Right. So go on again tonight and get those laughs because uh, there's a lot of humour in Hamlet, and you extract most of it. But, uh, by the way, he said, don't forget the tragedy. (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to Derek Foles. The book is called uh, A Part Worth Playing, and you can get it on uh, phantompublishing.co.uk. Have you got a secret of learning lines? Uh, not really. I think people are so different how they study parts, but I used to... Um, I, I used to read and read and read the play. Every moment I had before rehearsals, I used to pick up the play and read it every single day in the evening, in the afternoon, and just keep reading the play. And then things started to happen. You know, you heard a voice. You you, you started to move differently. The character that you were going to play started to take you over. And then I used to take the script and put it into movements and beats. And I remember going through most of my parts with my mother, and I, she used to sit there with the book in her hand. I used to lie on the sofa, and I'd say, Mum, give, give me the second movement of the first beat. And she would know exactly what I was talking wow. about. Now, does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely, and it is. And I've asked every actor I've ever interviewed this question because I find it fascinating. And as you just said, everyone is different. As you get older, yeah. is it more difficult learning lines? Well, I went on stage uh, last year with uh, a great friend of mine who runs a theatre in France, and he found this two-handed play uh, about 12 farts in a pub talking about life and love and memory loss and... He thought of me, and uh, I went out to France and did the play with him, and I hadn't been on the stage for 16 years, and uh, it was terrifying, but so wonderful to be back. And we did two sell-out performances, and uh, I'm happy to say now I remember the lines, and I didn't trip over the furniture. <laughs> And we had a wonderful time doing the play. But it's interesting that you didn't struggle because, as you know, some very famous actors and actresses are now struggling as they get older um, yeah. with their lines. And it's, it's. Um, I had a friend, well, I'm sure you knew him, I had a friend, Bob Monkhouse, who always reminded me that when he got older, he lost yeah. his taste buds and started to worry about himself on stage. Yeah, and, well, Bob, Bob Monkhouse was a genius, yeah. in my opinion. yeah. Wonderful. No, it's uh, I'm I'm blessed, really. Uh, I've always had a terrific memory. That's that's an incredible. I'm gift saying that now, and I'm touching wood, thinking, Christ, what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah, and who am who am I talking yeah, to? Who am I? Who am I? Where am I? <laughs> to finish off, and I could talk to you forever because you're a really fascinating man. Advice for people out there who really want to be actors but don't they've lost their way a bit. Well, I mean, I could say don't. Yeah. But I think the uh, the important thing is uh, is to enjoy what you're doing. You don't go into the business to become famous. Don't go into the business to make money. If that happens, how wonderful. Good luck. But you go into the business because you need to do it. It's not I want to do it or wouldn't it be lovely but you need to do it. And uh, if you do need to do it, go on, give it your all, work hard, and God bless you. Derek Foles got a book out. Um, it's the paperback version of the hardback. It's called A Part Worth Playing. You can get it at all good bookshops, or you can get it online at uh, phantompublishing.co.uk. I, I can't thank you enough, Derek. Thank you so much. It's been great. Great to talk to you and a 
a great pleasure to be to be here.